This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, into the Go 24-7 live show. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in as we get ready to recap a little bit of what LSU was able to do against this Army team. What does it mean? How much can we really look into it? Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you have technical difficulties, let us know in the comments. You got questions, comments, concerns that you want us to get to about this team as we head into the bye week, make sure to like the video wherever you're watching this, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on YouTube, or if you're watching on Twitter, if you want to get that comment in, head over to our YouTube page. Let's talk first off. Uh, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this game. If you've paid attention to the Go 24-7 site, you've seen obviously our coverage of what we were able to, you know, gather. And, you know, I, I, I'll kind of start with this. Uh, th this. This is where I'll start with. Obviously, it's an inferior opponent on paper. Obviously, this is a team that, you know, uh, Army's, you know, already inferior if they were truly running the triple option. And they're already kind of behind that eight ball still in what they're trying to do, you know, offensively and move to more of a modern version of the triple option. That being said, you know, we asked the question of, of what can we really take away, you know, from this game? And I think, um, I think in, in one second here, I think that we've got a couple people commenting. We, we take a look at the takeaways for, from the win over Army. This is kind of where I sit with this. Inferior opponent, you still have to take care of business. You still have to go out there and uh, execute. You still have to go out there and, as Brian Kelly has mentioned, and several players 
execute your plan and process. You have to continue to work to achieve what you want to. This was a stepping stone game. This was a game where you're not going to go in here and say, okay, yeah, Trey Holly led the team in rushing. He's the number one back. No, no, no. But what you are going to say is this offense is still really, really good. The offense doesn't play down to level of competition that they, you know, might have in previous seasons. Uh, what also is this group doing? You know, defensively, they're showing signs of potentially doing a couple of things that, that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, in a second here, but they're trending in the right direction as they get into this bye week. So I think overall with what this team is able to do, it's encouraging to see from a standpoint of the buy-in, from a standpoint of where this team can go here in 2023, because a lot of people had written LSU off, especially after the loss to Ole Miss. And look, the SEC is crazy. There's a lot of things that are kind of nuts about what's going on in college football. And so there's still obviously a lot to uh, to play for. So make sure you get your comments in as we kind of talk about tonight's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's start with this. Offensively, what can we take away from the Army game? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is a group, this is a program that uh, I think has understood what it means to play at a championship level offensively. Uh, you might say, now Bryce, it's Army. And look, I get that. I understand that. You have to execute. You have to go out there and execute your game plan. There still are 11 other players on the side of the football that are trying to stop you from doing what you want to do. No matter the caliber of player that they might be, it's still a hard game. LSU went out there and did that. Does that mean they're going to score 62 points against everyone they play? No. But I see my man James Everett in there, uh, you know, talking about that Alabama game. He says, call me crazy if you want, but I don't believe that Alabama can hold us under 40. This offense is still really, really good. Seventh straight game for this group with 500 yards total or more. It doesn't matter who you line up against, folks. That's something that's really, really hard to do. So, you know, really excited to see where this offense can go and what more can they do because Jane Daniels talked about this a couple weeks ago. There is another level that they can achieve. There is another level that they can get to. And I think a lot of folks in the media are like, yeah, you know, okay. Maybe some fans are like, yeah, you know, whatever. But we're starting to see maybe it's not a statistical number that they're going to hit. Or maybe it's not, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just certain things that, you know, maybe they're going to do. But maybe what this is is an offense that's putting up those numbers but at such a consistent level, like my man here, James said, that nobody can stop them. Maybe that's the next level of what this LSU offense can do. Now, you take everything with a grain of salt against Army, obviously, but in all seriousness, we're going to see what this group can do going forward. I'm excited to kind of watch it as well. Just an overall kind of growth maturity of this offense the diversity that they have and the weapons that they can go to, I think it makes this group one of the more special ones, if not the you know most special, we'll use that, in the entire country. Uh, it's going to be very, very fun to watch. want to take a look defensively here because this is where I start to kind of get in the comments and in, in, on our message boards. Make sure you join Go 24-7 if you haven't already. And a lot of what we're talking about. Defensively, let's go back to the Missouri week. Against Missouri in that first half, a lot of fans were like, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. This is not good. This is not what you want to see. And a lot of folks were concerned with going into that halftime of that game thinking to themselves, what do we do from here? What, 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 what happens? Obviously, we knew they had brought Pete Jenkins in. You know, fast forward, 
something that Brian Kelly has mentioned since the beginning of the postgame presser against Florida State down in Orlando that we were in attendance for is this group had to learn how to play aggressive but also disciplined. Reckless abandoned running around with a chicken head with a with a head like a chicken cut off or whatever the saying is. I, know I butchered that right there. That's fine. Whatever it is, bringing the two concepts together of playing fast and physical, but also not playing so out of control that it puts you in situations that hurt you. And I think it's fair to say this is what that group had done up until that this point of the season. The Ole Miss game is a prime example. You wanted to be really, really aggressive in that football game. What you did not want to do is allow your over-aggressiveness to be taken advantage of. Ole Miss did that. In the first half against Missouri, Missouri did that. The second half, a lot of things changed. I think that one of the biggest things that we've seen out of this group, and we saw it again on Saturday night, once again, I know on paper it's an opponent that you should dominate. But, folks, let's not get it wrong here. Putting up a goose egg on the scoreboard against anyone is hard. Uh, this was still a Division One football program that you were playing that, like I said, had 11 other players facing your Tigers that wanted to score, that wanted to do something. In this game, when you can keep somebody at zero in any statistical category, regardless of the talent level, that is a win in your book. That is a feather in the cap of what this program is working towards. So the title of the obviously the video, and we've talked about this, is you know dominating going into the bye week. The thumbnail that says you know is LSU trending in the right direction. Ever since that second half against Missouri, I think that we have to really be honest with ourselves and say, you know, we knew this wasn't, and I said this, this wasn't going to be a group that was going to turn into a 1980s version of the Bears. But what it was going to be is a group that continued to mature and was able to find ways whether. Obviously, we know now getting back to the basics, probably some come-to-Jesus meetings in that defensive line group of guys needing to play up to the standard that LSU calls them to and up to their own personal standard because a lot is being placed on this front seven. Harold Perkins settling in wherever Harold Perkins needs to be. All of these things coming together, and I think it's safe to say as LSU gets into the bye week that this defense is trending in a positive direction. You were able to shut down an Auburn team that, yes, leaves a lot to be desired offensively, but I don't know if you guys realized this is a team that went toe-to-toe, scored 14 points on Ole Miss. I know that doesn't say a lot, but they were in that game. This is a hard sport. This is something that's really, really hard to do consistently week in and week out. And ever since, regardless of the name across for them, regardless of the color of the jersey, LSU has been in a position where defensively they've been able to be opportunistic with turnovers, which up until three weeks ago, if we're honest with ourselves, they really hadn't done a lot in the turnover category and in the turnover department. They have not been able to do a lot. So I think that as we continue to get into this bye week, we you know see this team go play, uh, obviously Alabama in Tuscaloosa. There's a lot to like about that matchup that we're going to talk about next Sunday and really get in-depth on, and I think it's going to be a really, really fun show that you should make sure you're a part of. All these things being said, what can you take away from the win at Army? You can take away that we went in and handled business like elite teams do against inferior competition. That should make you feel good. You Because 
we could have come out of this game and we could have sat there and said to ourselves, you know what? They only won this game 38 to 14. They didn't dominate like they should have been. And a lot of fans would have gotten called crazy for that, for complaining about a 24-point win. But I think there's a lot of merit in saying, if LSU, and a lot of the fans feel like this, and I agree with them, is going to be the elite championship-level team that you want them to be, whether or not they get to the playoff this year, which is a different conversation, whether or not they get to Atlanta this year, if, as a program, you are going to set the standard, these are the type of wins that you have to have when that type of opponent comes across your face. LSU did that. I was impressed with that. I think defensively, it's going to be something that we really, really see this group continue just to incrementally, incrementally improve upon. Uh, that, that for me, is going to be something that I really, really, I really hope to see. I also think that we need to talk about, and I'm replying to a couple of these comments here, you know, one of the biggest thing is we have to ask ourselves, defensively, the front seven is something that I've been impressed with. I think that they're continuing to see more depth, more playable depth, more playable depth in big-time situations. There's levels to that, okay? So coming into the season, you thought, you know, Mason Smith was going to be a big part of it. We thought, and we've now seen Makai Wingo is. But guys like Jacoby and Gillard that we talked about in fall camp, guys like, you know, uh, Jordan Jefferson, you know, these guys that are – kind of making, I don't want to say a name for themselves, but showing their worth that when you put them in to rotate on a second or third down in Tuscaloosa in two weeks, the talent drop-off, the work ethic drop-off is not going to be as drastic as it might be for other teams that have to go rotate defensive linemen. LSU's trending that way, and that's another positive side that I'm seeing just from a mentality standpoint of this team. Here's the concern, and we talk about this. What What is going on with the LSU defensive backs? Uh, if you did not know, Zy Alexander was injured uh, in last night's game, you know, could barely put some weight on the ankle that he was dealing with. Uh, they believe it's a lower body extremity uh, of what they're going with. That being said, what happens with the LSU defensive backs going forward is going to be a major storyline heading into this bye week. I think it's something that we kind of have to address. I think it's something that we have to kind of sit there and think to ourselves, what what are what does this group look like? So Deuce Chestnut, not currently with the team. We know that. Denver Harris, Brian Kelly reported afterwards, and you could catch it on our boards as well, not available. No reason specified. You don't obviously want to speculate about certain things, but I think that we can all sit here and say not available without an explanation isn't really a good sign. So you don't have those. You know that Ashton Stamps is still hurt. Ashton Stamps, the young freshman player. You know, obviously, that obviously Zyags Alexander's hurt. They've moved Sage Ryan to cornerback. That's a guy that's going to be playing there. Outside of that, what does it look like? Uh, it's a lot of young and experienced players, and it's, I wouldn't even say a lot of, it, it's a couple. So I think that depending on what happens, here's a couple scenarios here. D- depending on what happens with this group altogether, and the names Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris right now for me have not shown that they can be counted on, whether it's a mental thing, whether it is a physical thing. I don't want to say physical because I don't want to bash guys for having injuries if that's what it is. But if this is a mental off-the-field type of issue, we we can't count on you seven weeks into the season. So I, I think that that's something we have to sit here and be honest with ourselves about. 
if seven weeks in we're still dealing with buy-in and this type of you know thing, that's a problem. We can't trust to put you on the field. And so if that is what's happening, and like I said, you don't want to speculate, if that's what's going on, then I applaud the staff for saying, you know what, it puts us in a real bind here. But what it does, and let's see, you know, uh, what it does for me is. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It lets me know that this staff is not trying to let potential bad eggs ruin the whole batch. This is a really good football team. And you can't allow toxicity in the locker room, toxicity in your program, even at the expense of having a weak potential group, which it's not potentially. This is a weak group. You're having guys potentially play out of position. You're not going to let it derail what you have going and what this is going and what we've talked about. It's an LSU team that is trending in the right direction. You know, obviously we know they need help from Ole Miss. They need, you know, help from Georgia. And, you know, LSU fans are going to be massive Georgia fans when Ole Miss heads to Athens in, in November. But if you take care of business and you still have a chance to go to Atlanta, which this team does, you can't allow, whether or not, honestly, you are having a chance to play for postseason aspirations, you cannot let that infiltrate your program. So I applaud the coaching staff for being able to do that. And like I said, I don't know whether what the, what the, what the exact issue is. I don't know what exact problems are. I do applaud that. So what's going on with LSU DBs? Who's going to be available to play? We know Sage Ryan's going to be one of those guys. You know, I think that we legitimately, Ryan Robinson, the former walk-on, he got some, you know, some run last night in the game. Uh, you know, is JV and Toviano, who was kind of recruited as a nickel corner, is that a guy that we're going to have to see step up? Is that a guy that we're going to have to see, hey, look, we need you. You're a great athlete. We know we've been cross-training you at safety and, and playing some nickel. We're going to need you over at cornerback. Um, just all together, man. I mean, this this group, this is about the only position on the field that I think is below group of five standard in what we talk about the depth and the playable depth that you have. That being said, you're going to have to find out some, some, some competition, some type or some combination of what's going to be able to work for you in a couple Saturdays, because you're facing an Alabama team that 
is going to rely on the deep ball to beat you. So you're going to have to play good defense on the back end. You're facing a Florida team, which look, I, I know a lot of people make fun of Florida, but Graham Mertz has, he's been pretty solid in what they're going to be doing. No Florida's, I think Florida's five and two heading into this weekend and the, uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party down there in Jacksonville. You have that going on. You're going to play a Georgia state team, which a lot of people don't pay attention to. I do because I had ties back to Atlanta, but it's a Georgia state team that will throw the ball around the yard. And they are, I believe six or seven and one on the season right now. They just dismantled ULL, uh, you know, 20 minutes, 30 or 20 minutes from, uh, you know, not 20 minutes, but you know what I mean? An hour away from Baton Rouge. And then you have A&M who it's going to be a potential, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and you're going to get to the end of the season. So you're going to face four teams that can throw the ball on you a little bit and have the ability to throw the football. It isn't going to be an Auburn. It isn't going to be an Army. While there are positive things to take away from the two wins that you just got, you also have to be real with yourself that you've got to find some names. So I, to me, if it was me, if I'm the one painting this picture, I think that JV and Toviano has got to be a guy that steps up in that role. If it's Sage Ryan and Toviano on each side, Ashton Stamps works his way back, okay. But I think just for me personally, I don't want to write off anybody, but if the staff has obviously made a decision, this is not Bryce Kuhn making this decision of 24-7 sports. This is the staff of saying, we're trying to go achieve something. If you're not on board, we can't have you weighing us down. And I that that might be where this group is going with that type of thing, with the two guys that have been just deemed inactive, uh, one longer than the other, whereas we know Denver Harris has had multiple issues trying to get on the football field that really haven't involved necessarily his play. So if that's what it is, I, I think that is I think that's where we're going to have to go from there. Make sure to get your questions in as we round out the last five minutes or so of this show. But LSU's DBs, it's going to need some. You know, it, it's it's going to be – we're just going to need to see some things. We're going to need to see some things, I think, overall as well. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Make sure you tune in every single Sunday night. We have a fantastic show that we're going to be rocking and rolling with all the rest of the season. It's been a lot of fun talking with you folks. Let's get to some of these things as well. James, once again, back in the comments. He goes, I noticed for the first time yesterday that Quincy Wiggins got some playing time. Man, that guy feels out of uniform really good. He looks like he can be a dominant player for us in the future. James, it's a great point. I, I agree with you here. I think Quincy Wiggins won has the body type, uh, like you mentioned, of a guy that can continue to be molded uh, in this defensive front. I like him. I think the upside's there. I was impressed with what I saw with him, you know, in the shirt and shorts back in fall camp and in the summer. I think now we're kind of seeing, you know, if he gets a chance, it's going to be very, very interesting. So we go to Edwin Taylor here. We desperately need DTs and cornerbacks for next year. Uh, Agreed. I I agree with you. I think that you know, you got to build up depth because you got a lot of guys that can leave along this defensive front. And that's a big reason this recruiting class, Edwin, that they're bringing in guys, uh, you know, that you you obviously have to have. Um, let's see what the number is on that. I believe it's around. They're trying to bring in four or five guys. I, I, I see them bringing in some stuff in the portal as well uh, that they're going to be able to kind of do as well. Edwin, once again. Do you think Matt House returns? I don't think he's the right guy. We need someone who is not only a great DC but a great recruiter. You know, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a real question. I do think because I will say this: I don't really want to speculate necessarily on folks' jobs. Uh, I hate to do that. What I will say in this, uh, Edwin, is that the next four games are going to tell you a lot because, like I said, you should have dominated Auburn. You should have dominated Army defensively. 
you know, smothered them. That being said, you know, should you're going to learn a lot about Alabama, Florida. If you, you know, if, if it's if we see another Ole Miss performance uh, defensively, or we see a couple more of those, then I think it's where you can start to have some of those conversations. Uh, you know, just just in general about what what's going on. So, we got Larry here. I know he says they didn't demand dismantle them. I guess in the sense I was talking about there, Larry, they were up twenty. Uh, from the passing game perspective, uh, Granger was just really efficient. Sorry in the score. Larry, you're completely right. Uh, the final score of that Georgia State-Louisiana uh, ULL game, Louisiana-Lafayette game, was 20-17. to 17. Georgia State was able to squeak out there. But look, that's a 6-1 and one football team. They can throw the football. Darren Granger's a solid quarterback. He threw for 211, two touchdowns, efficient in what they want to do, and they can run the football. So, Larry, thanks for the correction on that. You are right in that. Wanted to get to the last thing we talk about here as we get into this bye week. And it's something for me that was interesting to kind of hear from. And, you know, no banner for this one. We'll just rock and roll with talking about this. LSU is in a very eerily similar position to where they were last year. Uh, you know, let's go down the boxes. Lost to Florida State. Check. Uh, way too many points given up to an SEC team, although in a little bit different fashion. You got blown out by Tennessee last year. You lose, obviously, a heartbreaker to Ole Miss, but you scored a lot. But nevertheless, your defense allowed way too many points against an SEC opponent. Check. Then you get a win that might, I don't want to say turned around the season, and I, and I want to pull up LSU's 2022 schedule here, but a win that you desperately needed, I will say that, that helped you get around this and get the schedule. Uh, and it was the very next week against Florida. You went, you went to Florida last year and won 45 to 35. That one for me, and then obviously you know you beat Ole Miss. But that one for me was the road game at Missouri because that was where you were going to learn a lot about the team. So your Florida game last year might have been the Missouri game this year. You know, Ole Miss was obviously a better team than Auburn was, but you come back home, you face an SEC opponent that you need to beat – and you do so in convincing fashion. Uh, old LSU beat Ole Miss 45 to 20. That game was close at halftime, but then obviously LSU pulled away. You know, kind of same situation here where, you know, in the Auburn game, LSU really dominated for what it felt like three and a half, maybe fall four quarters. You then get to the bye week and you're facing an Alabama team that, you know, Alabama doesn't have the playmakers that they did last year. It's still a Nick Saban coach team, it's still a really, really good football team. And you're faced with four games, three conference games, and a non-conference game. And you find yourself in a similar situation where you still have a chance to go to Atlanta and compete for an SEC title. So all of that being said, I, I, do, I do believe that there's obviously a path. But I do agree with what Brian Kelly talked about. You can check out my article latest on the Go 24-7 uh, page as well. Make sure you check that out. Link down in the bio below to check us out all the written content over at 247sports.com. Because this group postgame has is kind of downplayed the similarities of last year to this year. And, and I like the mentality. You can't rely on what that group did last year. It's different players. It's new faces. Uh, you know, even some new coaches in that sense. What you can do is the guys that went through it, they've been there before. They know what it's like to play with their backs against a wall. So, yes, you're not obviously going to be able to give the same rah-rah speeches, give the same type of um, advice that maybe you gave, because it's a different group. But some of the leaders of this team, and Josh Williams is one of those guys that we talked to post game, and he mentioned this, 
It's about the process. So is the process of how they go about it going to be similar? Maybe in some ways. Maybe this group responds in different ways. I don't know. I'm not inside the locker room. But what I do think here is that you can't piggyback off what this group did last year to make a run here on the latter, latter half of the season. I think that we're going to see LSU um, – we're going to learn a lot, uh, you know, in, in two weeks. And I think this bye week comes at a perfect time. We talked about some of the nicks and cuts that this group has, some of the bumps and bruises as they try to continue on uh, throughout this season. they got to get healthy. And they've got to roll into Tuscaloosa full force because we'll tell you this, facing a Nick Saban, it doesn't happen often, facing a Nick Saban-led Alabama team that's, you know, looking for revenge in Tuscaloosa, it's not, not an easy task. This is a different Alabama team, I'll give you that. But I think this is going to be a very, very good football game that's going to be played in Tuscaloosa. And I like that this group isn't just saying, well, we did it last year, because you can't count on that. I agree with that. And I like that mentality. But Josh Williams, obviously one of the, you know, I think best representatives of not only just this football team, but as LSU as an institution in general. I really like what Josh Williams is about. And uh, he talked about that. You know, he, he straight up said you can find more of that conversation over on our website. That is 247sports.com slash college slash LSU. Or just type in go 24-7, G-E-A-U-X. 24-7, you can find myself. My name is Bryce Kuhn, Glenn West, our senior writer, Sonny Ship covering everything recruiting, or Dylan Sanders as well, hopping in with a couple things each and every single week. Hope you enjoy your bye week. Hope you enjoy what was a fantastic atmosphere at that Army game, too. I know it was a blowout. Fans left early. I get it, but uh, man, you talk about the pageantry of college football. You talk about what makes college football special, the traditions. LSU already has that. Inviting a team like Army in there and the Service Academy to being able to honor them was something very, very special as well. We will catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast. We appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to give us a like. Make sure to subscribe to the channel completely free. If you're on Facebook or Twitter and you're saying, hey, I want to be a part of this, it's really easy. Head over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, or follow like wherever you're following this. If you're listening after the fact on Monday morning or throughout the week, uh, you know, as you enjoy the bye week, you enjoy time with family or friends, we appreciate you as well. Make sure to subscribe to that feed, whether that's uh, Google Podcasts, whether that's Apple or whether Spotify or wherever you may be getting this podcast. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Go 24-7. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.